Hello, everyone out there in the 6570 family project world. You guys, I have a question for you. When a storm comes through a forest, does it make a beautiful log cabin when it's done? No, of course it doesn't. In order for something to be built, it takes planning and designing. And that is exactly what we do here in the 6570 family project. Listen, we have a whole new year coming up soon. And that year is going to come and go no matter what. But you have an opportunity to build something great, build something amazing in its place. And that takes, you guessed it, designing and planning. And you guys, I created a perfect New Year family check-in for you so you can do just that. It's a quick 15-minute guide that everyone can have. You want to print out one for everyone, and it will help you reflect back and build forward in this incredible new year. Go pick it up right now. It is over at NellieHarden.com slash Happy New Year. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com slash Happy New Year. Right there, no, no spaces in there with Happy New Year. So go grab that and get building forward in this incredible new year, new opportunity we have coming at us. All right, everyone, happy building. Hello, and welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy. Come and hear all the discussions, get all the tactics, and have lots of laughs along the way. We will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today, how to show up as parents and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world. My name is Nellie Harden, big city girl turned small town, sip an iced tea on the front porch mama who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project. Let's go. Hello, welcome everybody to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. You guys, I am so excited um, to have on here today the Keen family, and we are just going to be talking all about how they are showing up in the world, how they are leaders, but also, in fact, how they are showing up as leaders in their family and what that has done and how that has moved their family forward, both on a micro and a macro level. So first of all, welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate being here. Oh, I'm so excited. We connected Ah, maybe, I don't know, a few months ago, sometime um, over the summer, 2021, kind of like 2020, seems like a blur um, uh, for many of us out there. And it's this weird time warp thing. So I think it was over the summer of this year, but I'm not positive. And um, so why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and then we'll go ahead and get started. But you guys are so fascinating. I can't wait for them to learn about you. Thank you. No, she wants me to start. Well, uh, <laughs> let's see. So we've been married for 20 years now, and uh, we have the five kids. Our first, our first kid was born when we were stationed overseas, and uh, a medical emergency basically brought us home ahead of schedule from, from that duty station. 
And as we bounced around the United States for the next uh, 10, 12 years or so, you know, we uh, had a larger and larger family and um, we saw early on that we have some kids with special needs. And um, as time went by, we, we learned how to, to not cope with that, how to live with that, how to work around that, uh, how to work through that. And uh, we eventually discovered that much of what we do there uh, is stuff that we could share with other families so that they could, they could get a benefit from that as well. And so for us, um, you know, I'm retired from the Navy now and we're here in, in Maryland, close to DC and uh, our family, we homeschool and what other kind of stuff would we say? Well, we are passionate to help families. We really um, want to reach out specifically to special needs families um, as a scholarship-based type of outreach. Eventually that's our main goal. But right now we're actually coaching all families, families who really want to have success, who um, need some support with some baseline health issues that we're extremely capable of helping people with. Um, we've had so much experience and um, have some great tools to help families, you know, reduce their brain fog and anxiety and help manage some ADHD type symptoms, et cetera, and then help them really gain their family vision and where do they want to go with their family? And then talk about how are they going to get there? And in the meantime, how are they going to help their kids be independent and be self-confident and be financially responsible before they leave home to understand how to live in the real world? Um, and we help them teach that inside their own home while they also have a really amazing um, family culture that they can celebrate. Oh, that's so amazing. And I, I know because of everything you guys have been through and learned along the way, because no one, no one knows what life is going to throw at us at all. Right. So we always have to be able to learn on our feet and that's part of what leadership is and this, that we're trying to develop. So can you tell me a little bit more about the challenges in your family for our listeners so they can know and relate? Absolutely. So um, it was sort of a series of strange challenges. Some resolved, some have not yet, but are still doing better than they were supposed to, according to doctors. Um, our firstborn had a stroke and at birth, we didn't know if he would walk or talk. We had no idea. Doctors couldn't say. Um, so that he had seizures at 22 hours old, which was our first indication. And we were medevaced out of Italy into Germany, where we spent a couple of weeks trying to figure out what was going on. Thankfully, he is amazing. He recovered well before anyone expected him to, and then was for most things in his life, pretty well advanced. So that was a miracle. Mm. Um, our second child has a whole battery of unexpected issues that she was born with, um, which mainly manifest as um, learning disabilities and scoliosis and some other things like that. Um, that again, we have really walked with her hand in hand, completely unwilling to ever give up and never willing to accept that she wouldn't be able to do something, even though we were told she wouldn't repeatedly, she does. And she does it better than <laughs> you'd ever expect. So she's amazing. She's such a blessing and a hard worker. What a good, good heart she has. Mm. And uh, so then the next one, had asthma. So we worked through that for a number of years, learned a lot there. Um, number four actually has his own 
humongous batch of issues that he was also born with. Um, among his diagnoses would be global developmental delay, nonverbal autism, mm -hmm. and Lennox-Gastaut epilepsy, which is actually a very rare and deadly form, um, one of the two most severe forms of epilepsy that exists in children. And um, so he, we, uh, again, he's doing far more than they said he would. We've done almost three years worth of intensive neurodevelopmental program with him. We've learned and implemented everything we possibly can and, and continue to do so. And um, he's just such an amazing teacher to us. And um, I think, you know, for so many people, people who meet him, it's just this amazing experience. Um, it's really enriching and uh, he's a great kid. And then we have our youngest who had all the battery of allergies. So tree nuts, peanuts, wheat, soy, and dairy. So that was exciting. We got to learn how to revamp our entire family diet to at least accommodate him and still have good holiday meals. And we did it. So <laughs> no one eats gross food here. <laughs> okay. About, so, you know, some of our so experience. Anyone that has anything can relate. That is what I'm hearing for sure. And, um, wow, you guys. So I hear all of that and I just hear resilience for sure. That is what I hear over and over again is just resilience for you guys and resilient leadership for you guys to rise above not after, because you're not after with any of your children, of course, but during and within all of these challenges and after emergency, after emergency and these type of things, that's remarkable, you guys, like seriously remarkable. And so I'm curious then with the type of leadership that you're having now, which we're definitely going to get into, but I'm curious, did it come along I know it grew with these challenges that you guys have faced as parents, but also did it, where did it come from before? Did you carry leadership and this self-led discipline and, and that into the marriage, into parenting, or did it develop along with all of these challenges you guys have faced? I'll let Katie answer for herself. Of course, <laughs> uh, for me growing up in a little, uh, little farm town in Eastern North Carolina, uh, you know, stuff like, Boy Scouts or ROTC classes mm -hmm. in, in high school would be the only place that I could say you really got exposure to leadership, you know, maybe team sports and stuff like that. Uh, we had discipline in the home, uh, you know, uh, since my father was a school teacher and a principal uh, and my mother a nurse, um, you know, there were there were faucets of, of discipline and leadership that came through that and their parenting style and that sort of stuff. And then for me, um, wanting to do well academically in high school, that was probably the real beginning of self-discipline on my part. Mm. And then I was, I'll just say, determined to uh, make it on my own uh, so that my parents, because I was also from a big family, wouldn't have to... Uh, Put, a, put another kid through college. And so I decided I would join the Navy and take care of myself. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, that, that grew and grew and grew because even though I did really well in, in high school academically, I got into some really hard programs in the Navy uh, academically and um, otherwise. And, you know, I found that I, I was always like middle of the road 
right? I was, I was never top of the class. I was never the bottom of the class. I was never the fastest person or the strongest swimmer or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, it was always just like, you're right in the middle of having to fight for just, just everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a merit-based um, promotion system. And so uh, for me, I think that's probably where a lot of it came in because I had done all of that stuff before we had our first kid. Wow. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm very curious, where are you in the family as far you, you had many siblings, you said, where are you in the family? I was number three of four, three of four. Okay. I was number three of four. So there was going to be a time where uh, the three older kids were all going to be in, in college simultaneously. And for a, a, you know, a elementary school principal and a nurse, um, even though they had the, the two incomes, having three kids in high school simultaneously and another kid, or I'm sorry, having three kids in state universities simultaneously, I thought, wow, that's going to be a real strain on these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm facing yeah. that myself coming up. I'm, I'm quite petrified. <laughs> well, the baby doesn't cost anything. And it's, some, some folks would joke, they'd say the, the only school I'm going to pay for you to go to is the Naval Academy, which of course is paid by tax dollars, but uh, <laughs> I didn't go to the Naval Academy. So I, you know, I'll pick that one up. Goodness. Katie, what about you? I think for me, it's really just been a, an evolution of experience after experience after experience building into me because I was born into a military family. And so I was moving before I was aware of what moving was, you know, and so my life was really filled with amazing experiences, um, things most people don't get to do, but it also, it meant a lot of loss, loss of community and friends and home. And, you know, I had to really learn to, um, focus that, you know, wherever I was, was home and I needed to learn to make friends quickly and enjoy where I was while I could. And, um, you know, I think, uh, my mom, she got us involved. She got me involved in Girl Scouts for a little while and, you know, ballet for a little while and piano for a little while. And, you know, everywhere we would go, there was something that wasn't there and something that was new. Um, but we also lived through, you know, things like a really bad earthquake, like one of the worst earthquakes Los Angeles has ever seen. And so I watched my dad have to lead through that. And, um, So I think, you know, for me, it's really just been a culmination of things. And then um, having the children, you know, with their issues, again, it just had to dig deep from my life experiences of just getting through and uh, you just stay loyal to your family and you just stay loyal to knowing God's not left you and Mm. you just do your best and walk in faith. And that's really what I think I've done and we've done so. Wow. Well, I think that's a perfect move into my next question for you guys. So then all of this that you've brought into and developed through your marriage and parenting, how does that affect how you actually parent and how you approach the kids and their challenges and what they're doing? Because I can guarantee that you guys with everything that you bring to the table, it looks differently than a typical family. I don't, uh, I definitely stray away from saying normal. Normal is just the average of abnormal. Right. But, um, but a typical American family out there is not going to approach their, um, their child that is having these challenges or 
you know, a sibling is having these challenges in the same way you guys do. So just explain to me, and maybe you have an example too, of just different ways that you actually approach and actively parent with all of this under your belt. Sure. Um, I think there's quite a few different things, you know, and we have to use different tools in the moment, but definitely, um, respect for our children. We expect them to respect us, but we also respect them as people. I think people forget or don't realize that children are still people and they're paying attention. And what we do now really impacts who they will be later. And so we try to treat them as we want them to be and expect them to be. Even when they're not acting that way in the moment, we um, try to really look for their heart intent and and then encourage them to be who they really are. We all have bad moments and we don't act the way that we really are. You know, we all have mistakes and that's awesome because then we get to learn through them. So, I mean, we really have to be flexible, um, really do a lot of forgiving and a lot of apologizing <laughs> and just really love on each other the best we can and just help them understand that life's not perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to expect perfect. You just be authentic and be loving and look for someone's heart intent. That's really important. Mm. And if I can take that a step further, uh, we didn't realize it at the time uh, with our firstborn, but when, when you get that initial diagnosis, it's always a lot of dreadful things. And they never say, Hey, it could be great. They usually say, this is bad, right? You may not walk. He may not talk. Uh, you may not, whatever, whatever, whatever. Bad, 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 bad. And so our first day as parents was an introduction to the world of parenting with that sort of diagnosis. Mm. Uh, well, it wasn't actually day one, but it was like day five. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was the same week. Uh, <laughs> so our first week as being parents was kind of like, a pop in the face, right? With, with some, some hard reality checks. And so it was incumbent upon us to figure out because I was supposed to go on a deployment the day after my son was born, I was supposed to go to leave and go to another continent. Um, she would have been left home alone with a, a newborn with this condition. Right. right. So we had to essentially fight through that and the, the cloud of what might happen. And so the idea was that we were not going to take any of that laying down we were not going to allow what we eventually coined or not coined but just come to understand that the diagnosis that we were given was not going to be the prognosis for our kid mm. we were not going to let that uh numerous list or a lengthy list of bad things be the outcome and just say okay we're going to go with what you say we're going to just strap the kid into a chair. They'll be on all kinds of pharmaceuticals for the rest of their life. And you can expect nothing. Well, obviously, if that's what you do, that's what you're going to get. Right, so the right. expectation in our home with our children is that we're going to do everything that we can to give you a good life with the demands of you growing and developing typically, mm -hmm. right? We're going to treat you like you're going to talk and that you're going to walk and we're not going to let you scream and throw a fit because you have a condition of some sort. Uh, we're going to give you incredible academic st stimulation, even though 
there's no expectation from the medical profession that you're ever going to intake any of that. So that was part of it. And as we said earlier, we have a couple of kids with special needs. And so we had to do that. And so it's really cool that you see that the other kids sort of catch on to that as well. So even whether you're a typically developing kid or, or atypical, you're going to have that expectation of pulling your weight around the house and doing your work academically and, and being polite mm-hmm. and all of the things. So there's no excuse for, for somebody for bad behavior or, or not trying right now they may not do a good job because they're not capable of it yet but there's the expectation that you are going to try and try and try and so that's a faucet of it as well oh my gosh i love that yes i want to come live in your house so um yes i don't i don't believe that uh enough parents or that um a majority of parents out there really believe that their kids have this ability to step up. I feel like, especially in America, but I work in a lot of different um, countries as well. And I just see this, a kid is a kid, right? They're just kids. And I will tell you, I put out a post. um, I don't know, this was months ago, you guys. And I put out a post about chores because I believe that if you live in a house, you need to be responsible for helping take care of the house. We're all a team. We all work together. You help me. I help you. We all pitch in, you know, all these things. Anyway, wow, did I get the responses back from people saying a child should never have uh, the adult responsibilities until they're an adult. And this is, uh, this is, um, I was talking about sweeping y'all. I wasn't even talking yeah. about, you know, I, it was, it was like trashes and sweeping, you know, some taking care of the kitchen yeah. bathrooms. And, um, but they were, you know, saying that it was child abuse and all of this. And I was dumb. I shouldn't have been, but I was dumbfounded just listening to these people. And so my biggest question I walked away from was, okay, well, if you, just say, well, a kid is a kid. Their job is to play in the mud and throw fits for 18 years. And then when they're 18, it's like, "Mm, now it's time to buck up. They have no foundation for that whatsoever. And you then are putting these false expectations on them to all of a sudden like, oh, well now, you know, they're an adult. So let's get to it. And if you don't know how to be, then you're bad. And it's like, what? It's so crazy to me. It's so crazy it really sets up the kid for failure. I mean, if you cannot equip someone, I mean, you would never expect someone to just, you know, be great in the military, but not go through boot camp. Right. How do you expect someone to live in our economy in the world where there's a harsh government? I mean, you don't, the judge does not look for your heart intent, right? If you are speeding or doing things against the law, you're not going to get a chance to learn the lessons that you need to learn out in the world. And so we very much believe that we can use things like chores as a wonderful tool. Our children, we've watched them and then friends of ours who also implement these same types of leadership training that when they accomplish a skill like that, they feel so proud and it increases their sense of independence and self-confidence. And actually we sat down with our children. We love to interview our children. It's fantastic. (laughs) They love it too. when we do. And, um, we said, so, you know, if we were going to talk to parents about how to build your kid's self-confidence, 
what would you guys say? And um, it was really fun to hear their answers. You know, and our daughter's like, oh, teach them how to cook a meal. That, that mm. feels so good. If you can serve a meal to your grandparents and your family, you feel so good, you know, and, and every single response we got from them was literally tied to some kind of thing they were so proud of most of the time having to do with us having trained them how, and then let them do it and trust them. They want to be mm-hmm. trusted. And so when we turn over those sort of jobs, it's not that, oh, we're suddenly forcing something on them. We're giving them an opportunity. Yes. We're giving them trust. We're giving them a way to, to um, be a part of a community and to give into a community. And as human beings, that's so vital to our our well-being is to be in community and to serve others that are also in turn serving us. And, you know, when you don't give your child that opportunity, they are going to have a bumpy ride. And that's how you end up with so many kids living in the basement who can't get work, who have all the loans and mom and dad end up miserable, but they don't understand. And suddenly they find themselves shocked. Well, why is my kid having so much trouble? Why is my kid in trouble with the law? Why is my kid here in my basement? Sometimes those things happen and it's not got anything to do with the parent. Right. But it's important that on that journey, parents assess that and really take into consideration that this home is a training ground. Yes. Yes. It's not a playground. Sure. There's times for that, but it's a training ground to equip our kids for a wonderful life where they can have success. And that's something we really work on with parents that we help yes. to know how to have your child know those skills and to do it in a way that's loving, that's encouraging, that's forgiving, that teaches them that you can fail and you are still a great person. It's yes. okay to fail. And it's okay to say no, because you need to learn how to have boundaries. So like we encourage the families to let their kids do that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm sorry that happened Absolutely. to you. Well, no, it was, it was a learning experience. I mean, everything is right. And so, um, yeah, so I, I call that, so it's the 65, 70 training zone in the teachings that I do. So 65, 70 is how many days you have in 18 years and really putting that into perspective of, you know, a day is just a day. Well, a day's not a day. That's, that is one of your 65, 70. In fact, it was so funny. Um, every once in a while, I just like to in my, I do morning journaling and everything. And so I was like, I wonder where my kids are in their 65, 70. And it was my oldest day, 6,000. Like it was, I looked it up and I was like, Oh, it is day 6,000. So I went in there and I was like, well, happy day 6,000 of, you know, being in existence. <laughs> and, uh, so it was funny. She got dressed uh, for school. We were going to um, take her there. She gets her license next week. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have a heart attack, but anyway, um, so, uh, she, she was like, well, I dressed up for my day 6,000 today. (laughs) It was a big day. It was a big day, but, um, but yeah, so the 65, this idea of the 65 training zone and what you're talking about too, a training zone, because if we just expect them to grow up without training, where are they going to get trained from? Everyone needs training of, of whatever you do. I mean, we all had to be trained how to walk for goodness sake, you know? So whatever we do, we're going to be trained. And so if we're not training them as parents, the people that know them intimately and, or can, we have the ability to, not everyone does, but we have the ability to know them intimately. If we're not the, their coaches, their mentors during this time, who is TikTok? you know, YouTube (laughs) and and it boggles my mind and terrifies me to know that so many kids are being led by that 
today that that is where our future leaders are coming from is TikTok today, right? Yeah. And that's one of the things that that I noticed. Uh, and part of the reason we built the course the way we do is because when I, I joined the Navy just a week or so, I mean, went to boot camp a week or so after I turned 18, right? And shortly after that, I was in Navy school with all these other guys who were also 18. Well, there was a guy who just opened a, a checking and savings account with a local bank, right? We were making about $600, $700 a month. I mean, we didn't make a lot of money after taxes, <laughs> right? As, as an E2, E3 in the Navy. But he thought because he had a checking account, he could go out and buy a brand new Corvette. Oh, right. I have okay. a check. Well, yeah, you've got like 50 of them there, but it doesn't mean that you can write a check for a Corvette. Right. Because your bank account has about $80 in it. Right. <laughs> Completely lost on him. He had no idea uh, wow. of how basic financial stuff works. Yeah. Similarly, there are kids, you know, who leave home to go to college. They have no idea how to do their own laundry. Oh, yes. Oh, or, yes. you know, the folks who go and and now they're going to get that first job and, and they have no idea how to cook. Like, all right, you got a job. You can pay for that apartment. What are you going to eat? <laughs> no earthly idea how to keep yourself sustained. Because if they do that method where you just get pampered for 18 years and then all of a sudden, what, like you're going to graduate from high school and all these skills and attributes are going to be gifted to you. Oh, that doesn't happen anywhere in the world, folks. And so if you haven't spent time diligently preparing and doing those lessons, making mistakes, mm -hmm. learning from those, getting better, you're going to go out to join the military, get that first job or go to college thoroughly unprepared for what you're about to thoroughly. experience. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And sometimes too, I have, I've definitely noticed in clients I've worked with and people I've talked to, some people just don't know. Right. And, um, it's this generational passing down of, oh, well, they're just kids. I'll raise them, make sure they survive uh, for the first 18 years. And then they got it from here. Right. And, but their idea of survival is literally like heart beating, breathing, you know, and it's yeah. not thriving. It's just survival. So really putting a stop in that generational cycle and being like, well, where, where are we going to stop this? Like, where do you want your kid to actually be? Where do you want to actually be? I always say this, this is why I love working with families. I'm like, this is 18 years of your life as a parent too. Like, don't you want to thrive and grow and, and be, you know, be more amazing at the end of this than you are right now. I know everyone does. No one just wants to exist and be like, check off another day check off another day, right? That's not fun for anybody, but unfortunately it is the world many, many people live in because they haven't had the exposure to training and leadership and understanding. And when I say leadership, and I, I think when you guys do too, I don't mean that I, I, I'm, you know, training kids to go out there and be CEOs. They could use it for that. Absolutely. They could use it for the military. Absolutely. Whatever they want to do, but it's that internal leadership, right? I, I I'm going to date myself here because blockbuster just came into my head, but I was like, <laughs> I am like you, if you are an employee at blockbuster, you, or used to be, I it doesn't even exist anymore, but I was like, 
for all of you youngins listening, that is a video service that used to happen. You would go in and buy VH or rent VHSs and bring them back. So anyway, you cannot become a prime employee at Blockbuster sitting behind that counter without that internal leadership that you're going to have, right? And we've all seen the difference between the people that are like, hey, how are you doing? It's great to meet you. And what, how can I help you? And what do you want? Okay. You know, and there's, there's that difference in there and you see the, the leadership spark in them. And sometimes you don't, but it doesn't mean that it can't be in there or that it couldn't have been in there before. We all have that ability. I never want people to think that you are, we've all, we've all heard you're a born leader, right? Well, everyone is born with the potential to lead themselves Mm -hmm. and other people. So I'm sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, no, I agree with you so much. And something else that I just want all families to understand is that people put a negative light on discipline or training or chores so often. And yet what they forget is that this is a path for our children to have an easier life, to have a happier life. Because if success and leadership come naturally to them, and it's no big deal to run your laundry, cook a great meal and know how to do something you love to do because you're self-disciplined enough to get yourself to a a type of work that you enjoy, your life suddenly has more space in it for wonderful things. You have more opportunity to really love what you're doing and to have a very positive experience. Whereas if you're struggling to do the very basic things, because no one gave you the chance to learn them and to become proficient while you were young and very capable and had all that time on your hands to learn those basics. Now, suddenly you're set up to have a much harder life because you don't know how to do basic things. And you're focused on that all the time. And that doesn't have all the opportunities you would have had to have spare time because life was easier for you. You knew how to run it. You know, it's just, we see it so much as disadvantaging your child for their future adult life if you don't and it can impact your relationship too Mm. because we see this opportunity to train our children as a bonding experience it's such a wonderful um time of learning together because we as parents grow so much during that time and then as we're growing together you know it's just um it can be such a a fantastic and then lifelong relationship that you build if you focus on it that way. Instead of, you know, the kid leaves at 18 and that's it. They can't stand the fact they have to come home at the holidays. Right. Why did you spend all that time? Why don't you have a wonderful relationship and a family you love? What does the holiday look like when your kids are married and they come home? You know, do you, how do you want it to feel? Think about that and then let's work backwards to make it happen. And, um, So I think it's just such a matter of really mindset and understanding that we're not disadvantaging at all. This is to help. Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys, we we're, we're so connected in our thoughts and in our actions, because I I'm always telling people, so what do the holidays look like in 20 years when they go up to hug you or you go up to hug them? What is actually between the two of you? Is it positivity? Is it animosity? Is it frustration? Is it welcoming? Is it warm? Like what is between you when you go to get into that hug, right? Is it a welcome tug or is it a, Oh, I need to go hug her now, you know? And so you, what is that that's between you? Because whatever's between you, it's starting right now. Whatever's between you then is starting right now. 
Oh yeah. my gosh, you guys, I feel like we could talk for like nine hours. I really do. Um, but before we go, um, first I want to ask, uh, what advice, uh, just like maybe one or two things, quick advice that you could give your, give, uh, the listeners here today, and then let us all know where we can find you. Um, Hmm. What advice? <laughs> uh, you'd better answer that one because mine's going to be too long. Oh, it's going to be too long. Quite but it's probably long. really good. <laughs> okay. So I'll start while he sees if he can shorten his own. Um, I think for me, if I was to talk to a mom just in the beginning of this journey mm-hmm. and she hasn't gotten far into it, and maybe she didn't have a good leadership example at home. I would say really find a mentor, if it's through books, audio books, whatever podcast, find a mentor and then just do little things. Just pick something every day or week to try and be so gracious to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Let yourself make mistakes and forgive yourself for those and just really work from the heart. Try to be in tune with yourself and, and really look at your child's intent and understand their developmental stages. Because um, as you're connected with your child and giving grace to yourself for failures, but always inputting yourself with new and positive information on how to make this success happen, you will every tiny little step just builds and builds and builds until you look back and you can't believe how far you've come. Mm. And um, so that's, probably just one of a million things I could say. <laughs> Are you able to shorten yours up? Uh, maybe, we'll see. Um, <laughs> my recommendation for fathers would be mm. to embrace your role as both husband and father mm. and treat that as primary mm. as, as compared to your job, mm. which is important, and hobbies or entertainment or anything else that... Um, those would be less important, obviously, because uh, I think I think across at least the United States, especially in the military, I saw it. Oh, my gosh. All over in the military, people put their career in number one spot at the expense of their family, yeah. at the expense of 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 their their wife and at the expense of their children. Um, I would strongly advise you not to do that, but instead to really embrace your role as a husband first and as, as a father, um, not necessarily second, but right after your role as a husband. <laughs> and likewise, seek good mentors who can help you with that. Uh, it's good to be very proficient in your career, to do well, to have success and whatnot, but not at the expense of your family because that career is going to come to an end. Uh, your family will hopefully endure. Uh, mm-hmm. So that would be my advice. Oh, so Find good. mentor there yes. and, and really embrace that, that primary job and responsibility. Right. We all need that mentor, right? We're trying to guide them and then we need guides for us. And it just is, it's, it's a cycle. We all are learners, like lifelong learners. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. I was actually just uh, working on something this morning and BB King has a great quote and it says a day without learning is a wasted day. And I was like, yes, yes, it is. Okay. So where can we find you guys? Sure. So we're trying to be in lots of places um, (laughs) so that it's easy to find us. So on Instagram, we're family success secrets on Facebook. We have a page and a group both called family success secrets. We have a brand new webpage that's called familysuccesssecrets.com. 
And on all the podcast platforms, Apple and many, many others, we have our podcast, which is Family Success Secrets as well. And if you wanted to hop onto our newsletter, um, that is podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com. And we just put out, you know, occasionally, not all that often, but any content we think is valuable, coupons, information, um, upcoming events, that sort of stuff. Awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for being on here. And I think, uh, I think we will definitely be collaborating and, uh, working together in the future and having you on here again, because we are so in line with what we do. And I love that you are out there impacting, uh, communities and families and fathers and mothers and kids and just your own kids, which we didn't get to dive too much into today, but I can't wait to talk to you more about that in the future. So thank you so very much for being on here, you guys. Thank you, Nellie. Yep, it's a lot of fun being with you. All right, bye-bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were able to take something from our discussion that you can use to build the foundation of self-led leadership in your own family. If you are a parent with children 17 or younger, and especially those around nine and up, I would love to extend an invitation to you to the best club in town. The Family Architects Club is a private club where intentional parents go that want to love, support, connect, or reconnect, and really truly help guide their kids and teach them how to self-lead in discipline and leadership. This is an online community and you are welcome to it. Parenting is a project and you are the architect of this one. You plan, you design, and oversee the construction of the beginning of someone else's life. And that's what goes into these first 6,570 days, and it will be the foundation for the rest of their lives. So come join the club. You can find your invitation on the front page of my website, NellieHarden.com. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, or if you have a question, please don't hesitate to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Nellie Harden. And lastly, if you loved the information, please, please leave a five-star review and a comment so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. So thank you so much. Happy building, you guys, and I'll see you next week.